Nehemiah chapter 3, I mean chapter 2, excuse me, chapter, Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 18. Then I told him the hand of my God which was good upon me, and also the king's word that he had spoken unto me. And they said, Let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their hands for the, this good work. But Sambalat, the Heronite, and Tobiah, the servant, the Ammonite, and Gisham, an Arabian, heard it, they laughed us to scorn, and despised us, and said, What is this thing that y'all do? Will ye rebel against the king? Then answered them, and said unto them, The God of heaven will prosper us, therefore we, we be the servants will arise and build, but ye not no portion, nor right, or nor memorial in Jerusalem. Verse number, chapter 3, Then Elisheb, the high priest, rose up with his brothers and priests, and they built the sheep gate. They sanctified it, and they set it the doors at it, even unto the towers of the Mila, and they sanctified it unto the towers of Hananel. And they said unto him, Build the men of Jericho, and next to them build Succor, the son of Irma. I'm not going to read the entire chapter of of 30, uh, chapter 3. You go ahead and read that. Uh, take it home tonight. It's very good reading. Let's, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we just ask tonight, touch us, open up, and lift us, and help us, and strengthen us, Father, we do pray. Father, you know thy need of our hearts tonight. You know the mindset. You know the workings of our innermost private parts. Lord, we just need you right now to touch us. Lift us up and encourage us, Father. Lord, we just ask you to touch hearts tonight. Change lives, Father. We know that you are able to do all things. And Father, we just thank you for all that you have done and what you're about to do. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Like I said, I'm not going to read of all of chapter 3, but we're going to refer back to a lot of the verses in this chapter. We have looked at the working for the king last Sunday night and listening for a call. Tonight we're going to be looking at lessons in the wall building tonight. I realize that when you read chapter 3, you, you can tend to fall asleep. There's not a lot of excitement in chapter 3. There's verses, there are no verses in there like, uh, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. There's no verses in chapter 3 like, uh, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. There's no verses in chapter 3 that says we can do all things to work together to the good of them that love God to them that who are called according to to his purpose. But I have found that God nestles little jewels and gems and, and truths many times and mostly the unlikely places for us that are willing to study, for those who are willing to dig deep down into it, that are able to mine out those golden truths and be able to help you in a time of your need and be an example for you in your life. I believe that the examples from here in this scripture and the lesson in the building of the wall tonight is an interesting in chapter 3. It goes on and on, and this is one to build up the portion of the wall. And the one that built the portion of it, this fellow's son built a portion of it. There are 12 gates. It speaks of the sheep's gate, the fish gate, the old gate. This gate, that gate, any other gate. It talks about all the gates that needs to be repaired. There's 12 different ones, and it talks about how you can almost get lost in some of it, how you can just almost just kind of read through it real quick and get by it. But there's one thing I'd like, to no like for you to notice. It is interesting to me that in chapter 3 there are so many people, different people, so many come through so many different walks of life, that get involved in this good work to build the wall. 
When you go down through chapter 3, you'll find there are like the priests are working on the wall. You'll find that there are the Levites are working on the wall. You'll find there's rulers working on the wall. It said in verse 8, and there are even goldsmiths, and there's even uh, uh, apothecaries. I mean, these people dealing with gold, and these people doing medicine. What do they know about building this wall? And, and then if you read on later down in, you'll find that the men, women, and children are building on this wall. And then if you go further down in the chapter, you'll find that there are people from Jericho, the Gentiles, are working on this wall. So people come from all different walks of life, all different parts of life, to work on this wall. And I thought to myself, what would make so many people want to give themselves time and effort to build this wall? And the thought, the reason why so many of them were wanted to help to build the wall is because there was a man named Nehemiah. Ask them, do you, you might say, what does that got to do with us? Well, what does it matter to us tonight? Well, what you should make, these people work for Nehemiah, something like Nehemiah is a man that comes from a king's palace, from a king's city. If you look at chapter 1, Nehemiah dwells in the palace. He dwells with the king. But this man gets a burden for those that are lost and those that are going through heavy places. Uh, and he leaves that ivory palace, that land where there's no trouble, that land where he doesn't have to toil, that land where he doesn't have any heartaches uh, or burdens. There's no destruction. There's no, uh, he doesn't see any disease or death at this place in Jerusalem. He leaves that place and comes to this messed up, broken up, broken down, and begins to gather people together, people that are outcast, people that are, are, are scattered about, people are discouraged, people that are just depressed, people that have no hope of tomorrow. He begins to gather them together. And when he gathers them together, he begins to help to them to do something that is bigger than what they are or what you can be imagining. In chapter 2, he comes to seek the welfare of these people. And you say, well, what makes all these people from the walks of life work on this wall? Somebody left a foreign country, coming to a messed up country. He, he, he had to be a leader to these people. You say, preacher, what, what would make people like we have heard here from all walks of life, different backgrounds, old and young, rich and poor, male and female, what would make all these people live for God, try to build a church, help to do something for the Lord? It's because we know somebody like Nehemiah tonight. We know that somebody left the king's palace in his country. He left, he had to leave. He saw the messed up situation that we're in down here. He saw how hopeless we were. He had, saw how helpless we were. And, and he left his ivory palace and where there was no death and where there's no heartache and there's no toil, no burdens. Uh, there was no burdens there. They had no problems there. He left that world because he loved you and I so much that he went that way to us. He came seeking to save that which is lost, the Bible said. And he begins to recover the outcast. 
He didn't have a leader. We didn't have a leader, but he became our leader. And when he gathered us together, we said we love him, so we're going to follow him tonight. We're going to serve him, and we're going to build a work for God together tonight. As far as Nehemiah being a picture of Lord Jesus Christ, which he certainly is, if you study these chapters out, we'll find the Bible said about Nehemiah, it said that Nehemiah was the king's cupbearer. In other words, he handles the king's cup. Well, I find my Savior was much like the same situation. The Bible said in, in the book of Psalms, for he in his hand of the Lord there is a cup, and the wine is red, it's full of mixture, of the poureth out the same, but, but the dreads of him thereof, all the wicked of the earth, shall right bring them out on his drink them. In the garden of Gethsemane, our heavenly father, and, and Nehemiah, heavenly Nehemiah, took that cup from the king's glory and said, O Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, as I will, but thy will be done. He drunk the cup of sin and took our sins upon his body on that tree for you and I. Nehemiah is a picture of Christ. And the people are contracted to work for Nehemiah. They do it voluntarily. In chapter 3, they're a picture of church tonight. They're, they're a picture of you and I finding our Savior uh, building something in the church tonight. You say, what is he building? I want you to say, make application before we go back to Nehemiah. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18, the Bible said, And I also unto thee that thou art Peter. And upon this rock, not Peter, not, not, we're not in the Catholic church thinking of Peter, the church is built on Peter. No, he's upon this rock, that revelation of who he is. I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail on. We're building a church tonight. I've heard people say, well, that's got nothing to do with us. Jesus is building the church. Mm, Beg the difference. You're right, he is building it. But do you realize he lets us take part in the building of the church tonight? He says, I'll, I'll take you in and you can help me build. He lets us have a hand in the working and the laboring for the church and his church tonight. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 says, we are laborers. And watch who we're laboring for. It said, we are laboring together with God. You are God's husbandry and you are God's building. We're working on something with the Lord tonight. Lord allows us to take part in his good works. Verse number 10, according to the grace of God, which given to us as wise master builders, I have laid the foundation and another builder thereon, but let every man take heed how he builds thereupon. You and I are working tonight, and we should be that way. Verse 11, for some other foundation can no man lay. There's not another foundation that you and I can lay. I cannot build something to stand on. You cannot build something to stand on. There's no other foundation can man can lay, which is Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, and hay and stubble, do you see what he's saying? Jesus is saying he's building a church, and you and I have been volunteering we have joined up to help to build his work tonight. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 says we serve as workers together with him. I'm not working by myself, thank God. I'm not doing it on my own strength. 
I'm not doing it on my own power. We're laboring, working with Jesus Christ. As workers together with him, beseech you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. You say, what does that, all that mean, preacher? We're looking at Nehemiah chapter 3, building a wall. We're working on something with God tonight. You say, what, are, what is that? To see the sinner saved, lives changed, and see God's people rooted and grounded and, and edified in the building up of faith tonight. We're able to take part in just, not just a pastor, not just a deacon, and not just a singer, not just a Sunday group, but every one of us has a part. Every one of us has a job in the body of Christ. What I'm trying to say is, you need to find a spot on the wall and fill that spot tonight. And find a place on that wall and get busy doing something for God tonight. The glory of that one that left the world and came to this messed up world and, and to rank you out, to, to give you something that gave his life for sinners like me and you tonight. So what the blessing is we're, we're, we're learning tonight is the first lesson that we all find. If you're going to build something, if you're going to build something, you're going to have to have some people to help you. If you're going to build something effectively before a church, if we don't see God's building church right here, if we don't see a building spiritually right here, rooted and grounded, and make it as strong for the next generation to come, we have failed the generation to come. First thing, we, first thing I'll give you the real three quick things real quick. We must pick up what has fallen. You must pick up what has fallen. When you read these chapters about the building of this wall, which is a picture of the building of the church, you know what I find when I read this? I don't find anywhere where the building they build it, they said, we need to go get some new material to build this wall. Now, I find that they had to go get wood to build the gates because the gates had been burnt with fire. It was destroyed. But nowhere do I find that they go and get new stones. Uh, in fact, the stones were used. Uh, Solomon's day when he was building the temple, he, he got a man in Haman to cut these huge stones. The Nebuchadnezzar came and swiped it down and destroyed them. And what he did, it just laid them down. There's nothing wrong with them sons. So in chapter 4 and verse number 2, Sambolic is, mark, is mocking them. He's pointing his finger at them. He knew where they got the material from. And he spake before his brothers in the army of Samaria. And he said, what these feeble Jews, will they fortify themselves? Will, will, will they sacrifice? Will they make the end of the day? Now watch this. Will they receive the stones out of the heaps of rubbish which are burned? He's saying what he's saying. He knows exactly where they're getting the material at to, to build this stone, uh, this wall. A man hire him, cut these uh, stones out. And I'm telling you this time, he didn't go out and get something new. Oh, holy God. Let me tell you what. 
The problem with the churches today, they said, I've got to go out and find a new way. I've got to find a new Bible. I've got to find a new song. I've got to find a thing, new thing. I need another path. I'm just telling you, there ain't nothing wrong with the old stuff. Those stones were still there. There ain't a thing wrong with them old stones. All you got to do is pick it up and put it back in place. If we're going to build a church and we're going to build an effective church that's rooted and grounded, then you need to pick up the things that have fallen tonight. We have let things fall off. We let things slip away. We have let things gone away. They're trying to find new stones on the wall tonight. We, we, we need a smoke screen. We need a big picture screen. We need a rock star preacher. We, we need a, a new song. I'll tell you what, if you get, if you get to on uh, uh, YouTube and see some of these services that some of these churches are having, they're not singing the gospel songs. They're taking secular songs and putting a new beat to it, and they're singing it. I, I'm telling you, I watched one, and they come up, and they said, hit me with your best shot. Hit me with your best shot. I'm telling you, God is going to hit you one day and you ain't going to like it. There ain't nothing wrong with these stones. They're just laying there. All you got to do is pick them back up and put them back in place. There ain't nothing with the old time religion. There ain't nothing with the old time preaching. There ain't nothing with the old time singing. All you got to do is pick it up and put it back in place on the wall tonight. There's nothing wrong with the old stuff. It still works. And they shot because they, they thought this stuff was gone by the wayside. They don't understand it. Preaching, singing, shouting, having a good time. They didn't think it could be done. They don't think people get saved when you preach this way, when you sing that way. They don't think it get done. Well, that ain't how it's done. Not, not in modern day churches, it ain't. It still gets the job done. The old time preaching, the old time shouting, reaching out to another generation, it sees sinners saved. And we don't need a new rock. We just need to take the old rock that we have. It's getting the job done. Pick up what is fallen. We don't need entertainment in churches today. Amen. You want to get entertained, go to the movies. You don't go to church to get entertained. You go to church to get closer to God and get in touch by God. If you got the Holy Ghost, you will walk out of a church that does things like that. You got to pick up those old things, those old ways that we have. It was good enough for Silas and Paul. It's good enough for me. If it was good enough for my grandma and grandpa, it's good enough for me. I'm telling you, this book right here is still the solid rock. It is Jesus Christ. It's taking me to heaven. I'm not worried about a new way. I can't look for a new way. I'm not picking up another stone. I'm just going to pick up stones at work and say, hey, here I go. I'm going to put it on the wall. Amen. Stop trying to build something new. Just take what works and just let God go with it. We must pick up what has fallen. It must be personal to you. Let me say that again. It must be personal to you. 
It was not Nehemiah's wall. They weren't saying, well, Nehemiah, yeah, we'll help you build your wall. No. No. I, I don't have an attached to it, to, to it uh, Nehemiah, but I, I'll help you build your wall. No, that's not what it's saying. Somewhere along the line, you've got to take ownership. Mm. Somewhere along the line, you've got to take ownership. I, I'm a part of this thing. I'm laden with God. According to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, our God, our job with our gifts. And we've talked about the gifts before, and I'm going to tell you again. If you've got a gift and you claim God giving, if it don't edify and glorify the body of Christ and help other people, it's not a gift from God. Amen. Amen. Our job is to lift up the body and edify. He said in Ephesians chapter 4, some he gave apostles, some he gave prophets, some he gave evangelists, some he gave pastors, some teachers. And what he said in the next verse is for perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, and don't, don't miss this, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Edifying means Building up. That's what your job is. If you're born again, washed by the blood, you've been touched by Jesus Christ, he's called you into his ministry. He's called you to get into work. He's called you to help him to build up something tonight and to edify and glorify not yourself, not me, but him through the body of Christ. It has to become personal to you. These people took it personal in this wall. It said in chapter 4, verse 6, so we built the wall, and all the wall was joined together, and them half thereof of the people had minded to work. People said it's important to us. The wall provides something for us. We need it in our life today. You've got to have it. Why should the church be personal to you? Why should you get involved with the church Because it's a part of you. You need it in your life. If you read in chapter 30, chapter 3, everybody had a part. Everybody doesn't have the same part. Hmm. But everybody has a part. You find, you find your part. You have, to, you have to have a part in building this wall. We're all working together. It's the same wall. We might have different jobs doing something different. I might have a different job than you, and you're a different job than me, but we're all on the same wall. Amen. Working together, they were not working by themselves. Hey, hey I'm just going to come over here and build me up my own little wall. That's the problem with the churches today. Yeah, <laughs> That's the problem in churches. We, we, we get off to ourselves, and we get our own little cliques going over here, so we're going to build our own little wall over here. No, if you're part of the church, you're a part of God, you're building on the same wall that God, where our jobs may be different. It has to be personal to you. You say, well, I don't have a part in the church. Listen to me. Listen to what I'm about to say. If you don't have a part in this church, because you don't want a part. It, it doesn't matter. A lot of people will think, well, I, I'm not a part of that. I'm separated. I'm not feeling part of it. It's because you don't want a part in the church. 
Bible says there was one group in verse 14 that repaired the dung gate. You know what the dung gate is? I don't have to explain dung to you. <laughs> I, I, when I read that, I said, man, that had to be the worst job in the world to have to repair the dung gate. Now, if you look at it, the picture of where they're at, the temple's way over yonder, and you certainly the dung gate's not going to be next to the temple. Where do you think that dung gate's at? It's about as far as away from that temple as you can get. That's where it was at. Then people over there said, hey, we over here repairing the dung gate. Uh, I'm not at the temple. I'm not where they can see me. I can't see anybody, but I'm still having a part in what's going on. It doesn't matter what you're doing. As long as you have a part on the wall and building it, you might not have a part of one somebody else. You might not be in the limelight, but whatever part you've got, go ahead and do it and don't complain about it. You want to put me on the dung gate? Come on here, brother. We're going to talk now. We're going to have to talk on this. But that guy building that dung gate said, you know what? I might not be over there with them. I might not be over with all the prestigious, but I still are doing something for God. I'm still working for God. I'm still working on the same wall. I might not look that much like better. I might not be over there in the limelight, but I'm still doing something for God that needs to be done. And I've said, I, I, I told him I'd do it. I'll take part of it, and I'm going to do it. I'm not going to run away from doing what God has called me to do. It has to be personal. And then let me say, it has to be personal parents. Verse number 12. And next to them was... And repair Shalem, the son of Halisham, the ruler of the half part of Jerusalem, and his daughters. You know why it's personal to this guy? He is working with his kids. He's working with his kids. He is teaching his kids the importance of doing a work for God. Teaching your children there's nothing more wonderful than building something for God. Getting involved. Listen to me. People, parents, you're not just trying to build a wall for 20, 22, 23, 24. I'm looking further down the line. I know I'm not going to be here for another 50, 60 years. But if God tarries and doesn't come back, there's these young people sitting right here now. They need to have something. That wall needs to be built. They need to see something in your life life that it ain't wrong it is right I've got the joy they need to know that they have a part in this wall amen he, he, he's, he's teaching his kids oh this is a good job this is something you need to do get involved I know our kids get involved I, I thank God for them they're getting involved and I want to get them more involved every time they turn around in verse number 28, and from above the You know where the houses were built around this gate, around this wall? Right up against the wall. Now let, let me say this. I hope you get it. I hope it sinks in. I hope it rests in your life. And you realize that when you're driving home when you're your kids sitting in the back or in front driving, whichever way it may be. The wall is only as strong as the home is. Why do you say that? Well, because the houses were built up against the back of the wall. If the wall is weak, the home is weak. 
But if the home value life is a strong point, that means that wall is a strong place. You want your home strong. You want the word of God in your house. And you want to be strong so that the wall is strong and your home is strong. You want, the church is only going to be as strong as our home life is. Every one of us, if your home life is messed up, guess what? Your part of the wall is messed up and we have to repair it. Get your home life where it needs to be in the rooted and grounded in Jesus Christ and call on him. He will help you. Get your home life strong and then the church becomes strong. They, they put power in this wall. Verse number 20 says, Out him Barak the son of Seba earnestly repaired. And he, he ain't just doing the job. He's doing the job with everything he's got. You know, some, <laughs> some of us, when we start doing a job, we just give a little bit to it. We don't try to put an effort into it. We just, well, I'll just give the job. No, he, this guy, he put everything he had into it. Let me say this, church. You doing a job for God, you need to put every bit of effort you can in for God. He's not just going to show and say, well... I'll clock out at 5 o'clock. I'll be done. I won't have to worry about it. I ain't got to, it, I've done that. I've gotten up in the morning, go to work, check in. I say, well, I can't wait till 5 o'clock because I want to get off. No, you got a part in this wall. You got a part in building this church. It's not a time set, but you need to make sure that whatever you're doing, you give everything that you got. Amen. Sunday school teachers, give everything you got. Preachers, give everything you got. Singers, give everything you got. Laymen, get everything you got that this light may shine, that others may see you. Amen. He earnestly built. He said, hey, you know what? I've got to build this up. I'm not just showing up to walk, walk. But I'm going to give everything I got. He wasn't just showing up the wall and saying, well, got to do this again. Put a rock on another top of another rock. Put some mortar down. Put another rock on it. I'm just waiting for quitting time. No. He says, no. That's what he says. Give me another rock. Glory to God. Put some mortar on it. Glory to God. Oh, praise God. He, 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 was, he, just, he was just all into it. He was earnestly into it. Got to pick up what's falling. It has to become personal to you. If, if serving God has not become personal to you, something's wrong. If, if the church has not become, if the church has not become personal to you, something's wrong. It must become a personal. You must take ownership. Saying, Lord, that's why I'm saying, Lord. Here I am. I need a part. God gives you a part, then you work. Then it must be protected. Chapter 4, verse 16, and it came from the past from the time forth that half of my servants walked in the work, and the other half them held both the spears and shields and the bows and the hebrons and the rulers were behind all the houses of Judah. They that which build on the wall and they that have bared burdens with those with whose they had laden, everyone on the hand, their hands wroth in the work, and one hand on the hill on another weapon. For the builders, every, every one had his sword girded by his side, and, was, and so and so build, 
and the sound of the trumpet was by me. You see what's going on here. They were working, but yet they were ready to defend the wall. We've got to defend our church, our wall. Well, you've got to protect it. And verse 11 says, and, they, the, and they, their adversary said, They shall not know, neither see, till we come in the midst among them and slay them and cause their work to cease. The adversary, the adversary said, We'll infiltrate. Mm. We'll get among them and we'll shut them down inside. The devil specializes in infiltration. Not only does he specialize in infiltration in the church, but he specializes in infiltration at your home. If you ain't guarding your home and you let your home go, uh, the devil's going to sneak in. The devil's going to get in and the devil's going to lay some stuff out. Uh, and guess what? You're going to come to church. Uh, you're not where you should be. You're not praising God. You're not got God on your mind because the devil's done tore you up home. And you get to church and you drop that guard. And next thing you know, the devil has slipped in here among us. I've had them in church. I've seen the work in church. There are some devils in the church tonight. I'd ask you to raise your hand, but I don't want to. Amen. He desires to keep you from being faithful. And when he does that, you begin to get weak. You resolve. You just lay down. So you got to protect it from within, but also... In fact, look at chapter 3, verse 5. And the next, and the next under them was Teokites, the repair, but their nobles put on their necks on the work of the Lord. There, there were people who would not even work, but yet they were numbered among God's people. They wouldn't do a work. Now, how come they wouldn't work, and yet they still were numbered among the people of God? In chapter 6, it said, the nobles of Judah would not put their necks out to work. Why? Chapter 6, verse 17. Moreover, in those days, nobles of Judah sent many letters unto Tobiah, and the letters to Tobiah came unto them. Tobiah is an enemy. Remember that? Verse number 18 in chapter 6. For many of the Judah sworn unto him because he was son-in-law of Shaniah, the son of Abra, and his son Johanna had taken the daughters of Mishlam and the sons of Becherim, Verse 19, and also they reported his good deeds before them and uttered the words to him, and Tobiah sent letters to put me in fear. You see what these people are doing? They're not working on the wall. They're not laboring on the wall, but yet they're among God's people. They're involved, but they're not involved. They're not doing the work because they want to yoke up with somebody else. They are yoked up with the enemy. I've known people in church to be exact that way. They come in, sit down, say praise God, glory to God, and as soon as they leave out of here, they run down the road and tell everybody how sorry and no good nothing church is. 
I'm just telling you that. I've seen them come right back the next time like, like nothing has gone wrong and think, I'm telling you, you better be aware of those like that. Uh, they don't want to get involved in the church. They don't want to do nothing in the church. Why? Because they yoked up with somebody else that tried. There are people who love to see this church fail. I'm just telling you. They would love to see this church doors locked and everybody leave here. They would love that. But I'm telling you, I'm not going to let it. I'm picking up the stones. I'm still putting them in place. I'm going to preach the word of God. I'm not going to let somebody, some sorry dog come in here and try to stir stir it up and get it torn down. I'm not going to let it. You got to watch them from the inside. We've had a lot of them. But you also got to protect them without. Now I'm came to Bass with Sambalat and Tobiah and Gisham and Abram. And the rest of the enemies heard that I had built the wall. And they that were breached left no therein. Though at the time I had not set up the doors upon the gates that Sambalat and Gisham sent to me saying, Come. So you can't get inside. <laughs> you got the wall built. <laughs> Devil can't get inside, the wall's built. See, you know, we, we've got the inside protected, but you also got to protect the outside. He said, Come, let us meet together in some one of the villages in the plains of the Ono. I, I, when I read that, I said, Oh no. Oh no. But they thought of to do me mischief. He knew that. And I sent messages unto them saying, I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should work cease while I leave it and come down to you? Over, he sent four times and he told them the exact same things four times. I'm not coming to where you're at. I'm doing a work from God. Satan has get to us with infiltration. If he can't do that, he's going to start putting snares out there and telling you, hey, you don't need to go to church down there all the time. You don't need to listen to that preacher said you've got to be faithful to the house of God. You ain't got to do that. You can go Sunday when it's a nice Sunday like this. You can go fishing. You can have a great time. The devil's going to throw things at you to get you to come down. Get you to come down. And let me just say this. If he gets you to come down one time, one time, you come down from your spot, from the wall, you come down one time, he's got you. He's got you. He's got you where he wants you at. But you've got to make your mind up tonight. I'm going to protect. I'm going to defend. I'm going to build something for God with us in this place. People will talk about you. People are going to lie. Can I, can I say this? If you can't handle somebody telling a lie on you, you'll go find you another church. If you can't handle a little criticism they're going to throw out there about you, better find you another church. I'm telling you, when you say, I ain't coming down, I'm not giving up, I'm going to stay in my place, this is my place, this is where I spot on the wall, I'm going to defend it, I'm not going to give it up, and you say, I, can't, I ain't coming down, they're going to start making lies up on you. I know, they've made lies up on me, I know that. But if you've... <laughs> If you're so tender-hearted that every time somebody says something, you know that is a lie, and you give heat. You know I mean? If you pay attention to a barking dog long enough, 
All you're doing is chasing a barking dog. Amen. That dog's just constantly barking and barking and you give attention to that dog. You're not giving attention to the wall. You start looking at the dog. I'm telling you, if you're serving God, there are going to be those that's going to tell lies on you. When you start taking a stand for the things of God, this is what God said. I believe it. I'm going to live it. I'm not going to change it. You can't change my mind on it. I'm just going to stand on what he said. Whether you like it, lump it, jump it, or jump it out in the parking lot. I don't care. This is what God said. Got to make your mind up. People throw lies out there and poison out there verbally. You don't give it attention. Don't give it attention. Chapter 6, verse 6 is, Wherein it was written, this is the Sambalat sending letters to Nehemiah, is reported among the heathen and the Geshem said that thou, the Jews, think that to rebel for this cause, thou buildest the walls that thou mayest be their kings, according to these words. And thou also have anointed prophets to preach to thee in Jerusalem, saying, This is the king in Judah. And now shall it be reported the king according to these words. Now look at, look at the points of their lies. Come now, therefore, and let us take counsel together. Then I said unto him, There is no such thing done as thou sayest, but thou feign them out of thy own heart. He said, you made, your, you, made, you made these up in your own heart. For they all made us afraid, saying, Their hands shall be weakened from the work, but it's not done. Therefore, O God, strengthen my hand. You see what's going on? They're lying about Nehemiah and what he's trying to do to build this wall to get things going on. I'm telling you, we're a building a work for God. We're building a church for God. And we need to make sure that we are in our spot on this wall protecting this church from outside, from inside, saying, hey, I'm not coming down. I'm not getting off my wall. This is my spot. You know what? I got to think about that. I said, you know what? I look around. Just about everybody here sits in the same spot all the time. Everybody says in the same, same spot just about all the time. That's your spot. That's your spot. Doors open. Be in your spot. Get in your spot. You're on the wall. You're picking up them blocks. You stay laying them blocks down. You're putting more blocks on, peeling the ball. And I'm telling you, I, I have a burden for our young people. If God does tarry, these kids are going to face something that we have never dreamed about facing. The, the tyranny that's coming down, and I see it coming sooner than we think, to, that the Word of God will not be able to preach anywhere. You'll not be able to go anywhere with the Word of God. You cannot go to the church. I see that coming. And the only way that you can be faithful if you're rooted and grounded into the things of God Amen. now. You've got to build that wall up. Every one of us got a part. It's not my wall. It's not your wall. It's his wall. It's his church. It's not my church. I heard people talking about, well, my church is this. You don't got a church. Now, I do know one man that does have a church. He built it himself, paid for it himself, and he owns a church, so he collects all the tithes off it. I do know that. But the church of Christ is his church. He's just allowing us to work with him to build up a good work. And I, I believe, I truly believe this, that we have seen some great things happen around here.
that God had a part in it and we had a part in it. Amen. It's good to come to the house of God and just feel the presence of the Lord in your life as you're going out the door, the excitement in your life, you know, and you can take that with you going somewhere else. You still have the presence of God in your life. We're building something here together. It has to be together. Amen.